I'll be honest with you, rodeo season is about to kick off, and I am not a rodeo guy, uh, but I do like good cowboy boots. And Tacovas, well, they're all about rodeos, but you know what else they're about? Rock and roll. My best friend is a rock and roller. He's a guitarist. He wears these boots. It's awesome. Tacovas believes in Western for all, and you can feel that when you go into their stores. When you walk in, you'll be greeted like family. Offer to boot shine and drinks, yes, even the hard stuff if you prefer. And you can get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. You can even get custom leather stamping or branding that'll make your boots truly one of a kind. Look up your closest store on Tacovas.com. If you can't make it into the store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com. And Point your toes west. As a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovas has said that they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on Tacovas.com. Just use the code TRUCKS at checkout. That's T-R-U-C-K-S. It's about a $30 value and they sell fast, so there are always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter the code TRUCKS at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tacovas, Only at Tacovas.com. Hey, Nathan, so uh, do I sound like Andre? No, no, you don't no, look don't, like him no. either. And you don't smell like him, so I'm having a really hard time right now. He has a musky, <laughs> manly smell to him that you don't have. I'm sorry. I thought that was more of a vodka smell. It's a little bit. This is like a vodka potato. Potato, and, yeah. Sorry, I had to throw a Russian thing in there. Um, yeah. Uh, so um, I'm here instead of Andre because Andre is at the uh, LA Auto Show. Um, he's, guess what he's doing? He's, uh, he's going to get to uh, get hands-on with the new Tacoma. That's right. You guys will be hearing all about that, but a lot of the information is embargoed. But by the time you hear this broadcast, you're going to be really close to hearing about the all-new Toyota Tacoma right from Andre. Yeah, yeah, and he's also going to do the LA Auto Show. Now, I was supposed to be there, uh, but a funny thing happened this weekend, Nathan. <laughs> I wouldn't call it funny. Yeah, I ended up in the hospital. Yeah, yeah. So um, Roman, as many of you know, is well past retirement. And as such, he pushes himself too hard. You guys don't know how ridiculous he works. So he wound up in the hospital this past weekend with a blood clot in his lung. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I went to Japan uh, to cover the uh, um, mobility show, the Japan mobility show. Don't uh, blame the Japanese on your I'm not blaming mistake. the Japanese. It's your fault. And uh, I was flying back, and uh, I've had blood clots in my lungs before. And, in fact, uh, my mom has had them, and so she's on blood thinners now. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the first time you get them, they put you on blood thinners. The second time you get them, you get to stay on blood thinners. Anyway, I came back and, you know, I, I, I was aware of this genetic issue that I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had my compression socks on. I tried to walk around a lot on these long flights. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's hard to walk around on a flight. You know what that's I like. I know exactly what that's you like. You know, yeah. if you stand by the bathroom too long. You, the, the, you look the, a little weird and yeah. then the flight attendants look at you like you might be someone who's yeah, exactly. wielding a knife. Yeah, or trying to get into the you know, the cockpit. Uh, so that's really hard. And then uh, I was starting to feel kind of funky, and then I've had them before, so I know what they feel like. And it feels like, you know, what ends up happening is the blood clots form in your legs usually, mm-hmm. uh, and then they break off. And if you're unlucky, they go to your head. Yeah, yeah, and, and, that's, and stuff. Yeah, that's like, yeah, that's uh, lights out sometimes. Uh, most of the time, 
Uh, they end up in your lungs. You know how like a tree has branches? Watch well, your lungs. Mm-hmm. And they end up getting caught in the smaller um, of the branches. And then because that part of the lung can't get blood or oxygen, it starts to die and that starts to hurt. Mm-hmm. It feels like there's like a knife in your back. So I had that feeling. I went to the hospital and they were like, yeah, yeah, you got blood clots. Uh, they did an x-ray and then they did a, a, um, a, C, a CT scan mm-hmm. to find out where they had been in because they had them before. They were like, well, we want to make sure your heart's not too stressed. Uh, so nowadays, first time I had them, uh, they uh, basically kept me overnight and put me on w- warfarin, I think it's called. It's basically Coumadin, which is this, like, rat poison, mm. believe it or not. It is. <laughs> no, no. I, it's a I blood know. thinner, yeah. yeah. And they monitor you very closely. Now they've got better drugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm on this stuff called Eliquis, okay. uh, which uh, they normally send you home with. But in my case, they were like, we want to make sure your heart's okay. So they kept me overnight. Then they did, uh, you know, a check of my heart, and it was fine. So they sent me home. Uh, so yeah, it wasn't fun. Uh, the downside to it is it's hard to breathe. So if mm-hmm. I'm a little, if I'm a little like breathy, breathy yeah. yeah, it's because I'm recovering <laughs> from from well, blood. Well, it's probably that extra enema they gave you as well. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I know they give those. They they gave them to me all the time when they went in to check but, my blood pressure. But but getting on a plane was not in the cards. <laughs> yeah. So uh, <laughs> what had to happen was we had to make a bit of a shift. Yep. And at last moment, we sent producer Zach to back up Andre. I mean, originally it was going to be Roman and Andre covering the show. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in a very short amount of time following the LA Auto Show, including the Grand Prix in Las Vegas. There's, a, yeah, as we mentioned, the Toyota uh, Tacoma, which might be the biggest story, the, uh, the drive. That's happening. So all this stuff is happening in a very, very short amount of time. So Andre needs to be there and hands-on. And Roman, who was supposed to stay in bed, is here 24 hours after he got ejected from the hospital. Here's the crazy part. Other people at TFL who have had kidney issues and were in the hospital and had a stint put in, came in too. If these guys had a knife hanging out of the side of their head, they'd walk in a day later. I'm like, no, 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 I'm fine. Well, look, they they said, you know, they didn't say, like, I can't go to work. Yeah, they they, they they said you had to rest and probably not, you know, get your heartbeat going too much to make your lungs move. What they told me is, like, don't climb a 14er. <laughs> well, considering considering I can barely climb the stairs to my bedroom, <laughs> I think a fourteener is right out. <laughs> okay. Well, we're we're all happy that you are uh, alive and kicking yeah, still. Still here. Still here. To, <laughs> still here to get Tommy you Tommy has to like you know. Oh no! I guess I have to put him <laughs> with him for another year. Yeah. Um, but uh, the good news is, Tommy, the guys are all okay. We're still going to get coverage from the LA show. It's oh, yeah. all happening. Yeah, we're. Um, and by, by the time you actually listen to this. Uh, because it should be already. Yeah, it yeah. should be out there. So you'll see all the stuff that was unveiled at the LA Auto Show. Zach and Andre are going to kill it. Uh, but usually when, when there's an auto show, what we would do is a walk around of all the trucks at the auto show. Which would be part of a podcast. Which would be part of this podcast. But uh, LA is not a truck show. No, especially now because Stellantis completely yep. pulled out. So, so there's no Rams. Exactly. And um, so we figured uh, we'll do the walk around of, as a car podcast. Mm-hmm. So Andre is taking my place and I'm taking his place. Uh, and we're doing this great list of truck miss opportunities where we basically get to rant for, uh, you know, the whole hour. For those of you who are listening, the picture behind us is of the Nissan Titan Warrior concept. And we'll go into this in a minute, but this is part of this list. And we've mentioned the Titan before that it's going away and everything else. We even mentioned the Warrior before, but the whole point here is that these trucks or components of trucks or tr- components that should have been in trucks, all of those things are going to be listed. But because we're short one Andre and we have, you know, this guy here, 
we want you guys to also add what you would say is missing in the comments below. Hey, by the way, I want to thank all the people at CU uh, Healthcare mm -hmm. and, and Longmont. Uh, they were great to me. Uh, just really great staff at the hospital, at the CU uh, Healthcare Hospital in Longmont. Thank you. Uh, the nurses were wonderful. Uh, the doctor was wonderful. I just felt like I got great care. Um, the food, not so much. Yeah, I sent the stripper gram to the wrong hospital, oh, by okay. the way. Yeah, sorry. That's all right. It doesn't, so, well, somebody named Roman's going to be really happy, but eh, not you. So, hey, uh, yeah, we, I, it's a weird thing bringing up health issues. It shows that we're mortal, but at the same time, we want you guys to know what's going on with us. Yeah, so. you know, we, we say one of the core virtues or values, I guess, of um, TFL is that we're always transparent. Yeah. So. So, you know, we're even him more so because now there's more x-rays of him than there is of uh, Baghdad and more people know about the workings of Roman's lungs than they do of anything else in the automotive industry. Yeah. You know, g getting an ultrasound of your heart is like getting a deep uh, massage of your chest. It's yeah, kind of it's kind of fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's 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 great. That goes yeah, right it, along it, with, it, uh, they, they, you know, they lube up that uh, yeah. little probe and, and then, they, then they, you know, go right around your chest. It's. It would be very pleasant, you know, if you didn't have, like, a knife sticking out of your side. Yeah, yeah, it sounds cathartic. That's something that I definitely will not but, want but, to do. But get this. Mm -hmm. um, because I was, you know, you know, not in a great state, uh, I did watch my favorite show, like, 20 episodes of it. They had uh, uh, House Hunters on. <laughs> For crying out. Is yeah. that the Twin Brothers? No, no, no. House Hunters is where people get three house choices. You know, and then they have to pick. But the problem with that show, of course, is that we know that the women all, always decide, right? So well, of course they it, do. It depends. <laughs> I'm, I'm not trying to be sexist, but it's true, right? Uh, God, it is. It yeah, is. yeah. So, yeah. so you know, she usually gets to decide. And then, of course, uh, it's just a lot of fun to watch. Uh, you know, people figuring out what house is best for them. So they had a they had you know a marathon going on, and I got to watch the whole thing. I think I watched like 20 episodes of it. That is one of the attributes to being laid up. Yeah, uh, is that you know you have an opportunity. I, I a little while ago I had a little bout of the uh, of the Rona, and uh, I got to sit at home for three days and just watch TV because I couldn't do any. I couldn't write. I couldn't do anything. So here's the good news, guys. Roman's back, and he's uh, on his phone. Apparently, he's for those of you who are listening. I, I'm on my uh, phone because I want. I, I short saw, attention I saw, span, Roman again. No, no, no. I saw this really cool show. I wanted oh, to let you yeah. know about, but I just want to get the name right. Uh, so I got to Google it. That's why. While I'm on you're the phone. doing that, do you want me to read this uh, email that came in? Yeah, why don't you read the email? Why don't we and do I'll, that. Okay. Yeah. Now, this is actually was addressed to Roman, but it really is uh, about uh, TFL truck. Yeah. Uh, hey, Roman, I was just watching your videos, especially the ones with overpriced trucks. And to be honest with you, I've always, as you know, uh, always, as you know, okay, sorry about that, bro. You wrote this a little weird, but I'm going to try to just go over this. Here, I, I got it. I'll, okay, as let, you know, the let, trucks Let me, let me get to this. I found it. Business. And okay. then we'll get to the letter. I, okay. I don't mean to cut you off. but No, no, no. It's okay. He found it. He found it. So the show is called, uh, and I think you guys would love this too, it's called 007 Road to a Million. And it's basically an adventure reality show, mm -hmm. uh, but it's shot in the style of James Bond movies. They actually use James Bond music in it, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, uh, they use incredible locations. It's kind of like the Great Race if it were a James Bond theme. Uh, and it's on Amazon, and you know all the episodes are up there. And what basically happens is they get, I think, you know, like ten uh, pairs of people. Some are brothers, some are sisters, some are like coworkers, some are father son, and they give them. Uh, these assignments, almost in like a Mission Impossible way, where there's uh, you know a voice that tells them what they have to do. Mm -hmm. They find a box, uh, and then they have to answer three questions. And if they answer the questions correctly, uh, they get to move on to the next level. If they don't, they're out of the game, okay. and they can work their way up to a million pounds. But what's really interesting is, you know, it's kind of like 
if James Bond were an adventure reality show, this is what it would look like. Uh, so I'll give you, I, I don't want to give you a lot of spoilers, but like one of them, you know, they had to find uh, this suitcase with the question that gets played like in Mission Impossible style. And of course they were in Rio de Janeiro uh, and they were on the gondola, but guess where the box was? Uh, underneath the gondola. No, it wasn't in the gondola, it was on top. So they oh, there you go. They stopped up. the gondola in mid-gondola flight and they had to crawl up to the top of the gondola which is terrifying when you think about it. Yeah, yeah. You get the briefcase. There's another one where they have to go up the, the up a crane, and uh, it's it's really cool. So I and it also features a lot of cool cars. Okay. Yeah. So they so. feature they feature a lot of cool cars in them, uh, and so uh, in the first three episodes, I think they featured about every. Actually, one of the cars is part of the quiz. They featured almost every iconic British car, including a whole bunch of Defenders. Mm. So they give them these cars to drive around, or they show up in locations with a lot of cool cars. So if you're a car guy or a car gal, this is definitely worth watching. Yes, and you may be wondering, how is that part of a truck podcast? One of the trucks was a... Was it One of the Defenders was a truck. truck yeah. Yes, that's exactly where I was going to go with that. Mm -hmm. I, I assumed it would be like a 130 or whatever they call that, uh, the pickup truck version of it. Um, so... Definitely watch the show. They did not pay us to say that, by no, the way. No, no, no. I just loved it. He just loved it. And it was such a treat. I came home from the hospital, you know, like I said, I couldn't breathe, and I was, you know, stressed out because I'd been in a lot of pain. Uh, and then I, you know, found the show. I turned it on, and, like, life was back to normal. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know how it is when you find a show, and the whole thing is there, so you could, like, watch the entire thing, and, and you watch the first episode, and you're like, I love this. And there's like, you know, seven other episodes. Yeah. That, it was just such a nice treat after such a, you know, that's how I am with the crappy weekend. Yeah, yeah, that's that's my type of show. Um, so, guys, let us know also, if you have a show that maybe you want to recommend to Roman, because this may not be the first or last time that he convalesces. Um, <laughs> well, so. you know, from now on, I think I'm on blood thinners for the rest of my life, like my mom. Because once you have them a second time, you don't get another chance at not... Um, not getting which you know there are worse things. I would probably recommend you use an electric razor when you're shaving from here on. <laughs> yes, this might be a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Get yeah. rid of that. Get rid of that blade I use. Yeah, you you know don't use I mean? a hunkin' blade on your face. They leave that to guys like me who just don't care. Yeah, especially um, when I'm doing my. You know what? Yeah. yeah well, yes, yes. Please use an electric razor and don't reuse it. Okay. Long story. All story. right. All right. What's yeah, he started that part? All right. Let me read this since it was written to me. Okay. All right. Hey Roman, I just watched uh, your video, especially with the ones with the overpriced trick. Uh, trucks, and I'll be honest with you, I have always, as you know, uh, known about vehicles, new truck stuff for the farm and business, too, as well as my personal. Okay, this is written. Uh, That's what I was trying to tell yeah, you. Yeah, you're right. Because yeah. I, re I read a little bit ahead, and yeah. Okay, these new truck vehicles are just way over the top in cost. Uh, um, when this stuff is worn, I'm just going to redo it because it's just too expensive to buy any more new mm, ones. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, these manufacturers don't pay attention to the ones like us that buys the stuff for investment business or personal, and we're telling them it's getting too expensive and they don't listen. It needs to be like it was then and not this insanity today. David wrote that. Okay. And I basically he's saying, and I think you're right, And he David. wants to bring back carburetors. We skipped over that. Yeah, one. I didn't want to read the whole thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's not a good idea, David. Speaking of breathing. Because <laughs> it yeah. Anyway, you know, I agree. Uh, there's a, a, a Tundra sitting behind the camera in our garage. Uh, uh, the new one, mm -hmm. hybrid. Um, What's well, a TRD Pro? It's TRD fully Pro, loaded. fully loaded, sixty-eight thousand dollars. And Nathan, here's the crazy part about that: mm -hmm. that truck is cheap. 
That's that right. Truck it's is cheap. A bargain compared to the competitors that like goes the, up the Raptor. Yeah, or Raptor R. Oh. I, 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 I don't understand this insanity with pickup trucks. Well, it's been going on for a while. We've co we've covered it, of course. But the most important thing here is that there's a lot of people just like you who are like, look, I need a work truck. I need something that I just can get greasy and do my things with, but I don't want to spend $60,000 on something that I can you know, use as an everyday vehicle and work with. And I totally agree with you. That's why I got this tiny little micro truck myself because I couldn't afford the expensive ones. The prices are getting difficult. The automakers don't care. Honestly, they don't. Because they're about to charge you more. Reality is, is that with all these UAW contracts, I'm really happy everybody's happy, but everybody will be charged more in the future because how else are you going to pay for it? They don't want to lose their money. It's going to go to you. So prepare for more expensive prices. So, so the reason I read this email is I, I was listening to a podcast um, and, uh, you know, I was thinking about this and I have a tip for you, okay? Here's a tip. Mm. Um, on this podcast, they were talking about buying new vehicles and they were saying that everybody's waiting until the new year to buy their next vehicle. Mm. Don't. Just mm. don't. Uh, if you want, you know, a good deal, I promise you the best time to purchase something is one at the end of the month and a better time is at the end of the month at the end of the year when the manufacturers are trying to clear their inventory of 2023 models to bring out 2024 models. So they put cash on the hood. They have all sorts of incentives going on right now. Yeah. And on top of that, the dealerships also want to clear out the inventory. And so this is the perfect time to buy a vehicle. Yeah, actually, right now. If you want to spend three to $5,000 more, wait till the new year, because that's what's going to happen. Yeah, you're, you're yeah once they replenish the fleet. Actually, there's a case in point, Roman, I'm going to interrupt you. Yeah. And that is right now the Jeep Gladiator, which has been stupidly overpriced for so long. Now they're selling them at or below MSRP, in some cases with other incentives. This is the Jeep Gladiator we're talking about, a vehicle that was overpriced from day one, and then they just decided, oh, we're going to throw 20% on top of that during the pandemic just to hurt everybody. I'm sorry. I have no forgiveness for that, and especially for dealers who do that. However, right now, they're recognizing, hmm, we got way too many of them. we got to get rid of them, and that's what's happening, and it's not just them. It's actually other products coming from auto, other automakers as well. Well, you were exactly right when you said that the union contract, when it gets ratified, mm -hmm. because it's not ratified yet, it's, no, it's a it, foregone it's a, conclusion. It's a foregone conclusion. Though. But that's going to start to bite next year. Yep. And right now is a good time if you want to save on a new truck to go get yourself one. And Nathan, here's the other thing, right? Mm. Um, unless you're looking at a Ranger or a Tacoma, for the most part, there's not a lot of difference between the 2023 models and the 2024 models. So you're you not are correct. You're not like, you know, I'll give you a good example of that. You know what makes that Tundra out there uh, unique, the 2024 versus the 2023? Uh, I actually do know. What's that? The color. Yep, Terra. From yeah. terracotta. It's it, it's kind of this earthy brown color. Yeah, it's got a little red and orange in it, too. But it, it, it's okay looking, but it, the point is, is that's it. Yeah. Yeah, so if you really have to have a terra, well, I want to say terracotta, but it's terra, Tundra TRD Pro, uh, then, you know, get the 2024. But if you just care about the truck itself, there is no difference. Uh, and so if you want to save three to $5,000, you know, get yourself one now. 
Um, end of the year is an incredible time to buy. There's the most money on the hood from the manufacturers. There's mm. all kinds of incentives. There's even uh, incentives from dealers. To yeah, because they want to. They got to clear their lots and yep. bring in the new inventory. Old inventory is old inventory. It won't sell as well. And and the, and the new contract has not bitten yet, but that will bite. Yes. And so uh, get them while you know the getting's good. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, that's exa- basically what we're saying here. So, I know you guys are waiting. Let's get to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to go straight on to this. Now, once again, I want to remind everybody what we're doing here. It's missed truck opportunities. And these were either actual trucks themselves that should have been built or could have been built or maybe shouldn't have been built or components to these trucks or other trucks that perhaps should have been built. And so we have a top 10 starting from number 10, as we always do. And that is the vehicle behind me pictured, which is the Nissan Warrior. Concept. Is, yeah, it's a t- Nissan Titan. Uh, that came out in 2016, I believe, at the Detroit Auto Show. Yep, I we was saw there. it. When, yeah, we were there. Yeah, and um, we were stunned. It was gorgeous, beautiful, really, really macho looking, and it was a total answer to the Ford Raptor. Now, the bottom line is that the Nissan Titan's gone. It's going away. As actually, as of the end of this year, I think uh, it's done. And this, I think. It may not have saved it altogether, but I think it would have stayed its execution for a while because something like this is a winner. And I think many of you guys out there agree, had Nissan built this, it's possible that the Titan still would be around. All they had to do, all they had to do, was basically build this with the suspension, make this the halo truck, and then make other versions of it, just like Ford does, and bring people into the door to buy a Titan. I guarantee you this would have been a helpful incentive. Hey, um, what does that look like? Does it remind you of anything? Well, yeah, it looks a little bit like, uh, you know. Think of another Nissan product. Yeah, it looks a little bit like the Frontier. Yep, exactly. So they took the design language off this truck. And they made it into the the Frontier. frontier. But But not entirely. Not entirely. After the holidays, a little cash goes a long way. The Chime checking account has tons of benefits to help, like fee-free overdraft up to $200 for eligible members, no monthly fees, and thousands of fee-free ATMs. You can even get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. Sign up for Chime today at chime.com slash goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. Access to direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from the payer. But, you know, I mean, a Frontier is a mid-sized truck. It, you know, has all sorts of different... They should have built this. Exactly as it is, too, by the way. Exactly, And, uh... Just, just to encapsulate the whole thing, uh, as far as I know, there was talk of not only making the, this version, but making an XD version, and we will talk about the XD a little bit later on. Um, so let's talk about number nine. Uh, Roman actually brought this up, and it was something I kind of forgot about. Um, you know, the Nissan, or sorry, the well, Nissan. I brought it up because I got in trouble for it. <laughs> we all got in trouble for it, though, in, in essence. I got in trouble for it because what I did was I drove it at the LA Auto Show. <sighs> yeah, that's then, right. And uh, Ford was not happy with us. And you want to, all you did is go around the block, too. Yeah, that was yeah. it. Yeah, so what happened was uh, Ford had a consumer drive. Uh, and before the official drive. This is back in 2018. Of the Ranger, they did a, a consumer drive. So I jumped in figuring, hey, this is my chance to be first, you know, uh, and Ford did not like that. Okay, so what we're talking about is the Ford Ranger, and when it reemerged as a 2019, uh, back in 2018, uh, essentially it had a majority of the components that were refreshed from the, or rehashed, I should really say, from the European version, the overseas version yeah, of yeah, the Ranger. Yeah, let me, let's take even a bigger step back in time, Nathan. 
I was at the Geneva Auto Show. This must be like 2012, maybe 2013. Mm -hmm. And I'm walking around looking at the Koenigseggs, you know, all of the supercars. And then I get to the Ford stand, and there's this incredible off-road truck called the Wild Track. Yeah. Which basically turned into uh, the new generation of Rangers. So Ford had been building this truck in Europe and in other markets for a long time. Now, when they brought it to America, one of the things they did with it was they put uh, steel bumpers because they felt Americans like steel bumpers. Now, you know... There, there was a little bit more to that. I there think was it, a little bit more, and there was a the big... Department of Transportation requirements as well with some of the components they put so, so, so Ford tried to push the narrative that it was an all-new truck. Mm. Of course, being automotive journalist, having seen the wild track, I was like, it looks very similar, you know, yeah. to, to the European truck. But basically, they took a really great European truck, made some changes to it, but did not do a fresh, you know new sheet of paper redesign of the Ranger, which is fine. I understand that's cheaper. Uh, but what it does is it kind of locked in the generation of Ford Ranger into older interiors, yes. into older design language. So we bought a Ranger last year at the end of the year. Yeah. And, and it was a great truck. Good powertrain. Power is solid. But my God, the uh, inside, dude, that was so dated, well, right? That, and that's the thing is that the minute it came out, and we were invited to, be, before the production even started, uh, you know, into in Michigan, uh, Andre and I, and we covered it before it actually went on to production, right? So they had a couple running around there, and they had some people explaining to us what they were doing. And right off the bat, we were like, this is the interior, really, guys? And one of the issues with it was even compared to Toyota, Nissan, and Chevrolet, it was just like, okay, it's it really feels like it's a little dated here. And I kept thinking, okay, let's not be too nasty to them on camera because I'm sure the production one will be different. It was not different at all. It came out with a very inexpensive or low-grade interior compared to some of the com competition out there. And frankly, it stayed that way, too. It never really changed, which is one of the things we're expecting to see, obviously, in the next gen that's coming out soon. Yeah, uh, I remember getting inside the truck and like uh, seeing the little tiny green screen. Remember those green yeah. screens? Yeah. And I think, I could be wrong about this, but I'm not, I don't think. It still had like the entire number pad. Remember when yeah. like- the, uh, the keypad on the door? No, no, on the, on, the, on the dashboard, when you have like one through nine numbers. And I think yeah. that the Europeans used to use that as a way to dial the phone. Uh, when you had an onboard phone in a car. So well, you you're could, more European than I am. I think, I think it had that. I could be wrong. Maybe they took that out. Maybe I'm thinking of another car. But the dash was certainly that tiny, you know, like letterbox. Mm -hmm. uh, I shouldn't say the dash. I should say the, the radio, the little letterbox. The infotainment system yeah. was, was as dated as it was, let's say, in a Ford Fusion built way back in 2012. And then the other thing that's, that's been changing now is interior space, especially when it comes to the back seat. Remember, those seats are pretty much straight up. Yes, and that's if you get the, the crew cab. If you get the, the extra cab, no human being over five feet can fit back there comfortably. It was never really built to do that. It was built really to hold tools or supplies. And, and look, it sells well, uh, but... Well, well, so let's talk about the numbers. The so, numbers are terrible this year for Ford. Yeah, but so Toyota sells about a quarter million, give or take, mm. Tacomas. They are by far the king of the midsize truck they category. They are indeed, yeah. And I think Ford, the missed opportunity here is, had Ford done a clean sheet design, they could have seriously taken on Toyota. I think they got up to maybe, and once again, I'm guessing I apologize, but like 100,000 units a year annually. But nowhere near Toyota's numbers. Yeah, they, they they did not really. I mean, the first few years that it was out, I mean, there's the enthusiasm. There's a swell. And you guys know this. 
There's always enthusiasm when a new model comes out. Everybody wants to grab it, and then it, it eases off. The real telling component of sales is really the fourth or fifth year. And all of a sudden, you're like, ah, okay, okay, I see what's going on. And guess what? The past couple of years, despite COVID, we've been seeing the numbers of the Ranger drop. And it's a solid vehicle. So the question, of course, is why? And one of the many reasons why is, well, it's already a data design, especially in internally. And frankly, also not a lot of things that you can really select. There's only one powertrain. There's only, you know, you get one transmission. It's a 10-speed, but it's only one. Um, you can get four-wheel drive. You can get two-wheel drive. There's not a lot of selection, although they did come out with a couple extra versions, like the Tremor version, well, which was well, fantastic. I, I think especially when you look in terms of the Colorado, right? Because, yeah. you know, the Colorado, you had not one, not two, but three engine options. Mm -hmm. so, That's right. So you had, the you know, the V6. Uh, you had at the time. At the, at the time, time. Not yeah, right what was now. the other one? You had the little diesel, the baby Duramax. Yes, you had the baby, and then there was a four cylinder. There was that a four was cylinder, yeah. which was just in the base model yeah. only. Yeah. So, so now you're selling against your major competitor. Let's take Toyota out of it for a second, mm -hmm. uh, and you know you've got one powertrain. Whereas if you go to the Chevy dealership across the road, you, you even have a diesel option. I well, think that's e hard. Well, yeah, and even Toyota had a four cylinder and a six cylinder. I mean. And up until the, this, these new models, once again, that's something else we're going to cover in just a little and, bit. And you know how you said it's expressed in, in sales. I want to say right now the best-selling truck in America, and I'll give you, the, I think it's the top four, right, mid-sized mm -hmm. trucks. So number one is still Tacoma. Mm -hmm. Number two, Colorado. Yeah, yeah, uh, climbed up a bit. Yeah, Canyon Twins. Yeah. Number three, you'd think that would be where the Ranger is. It's not. It's the Honda. Yeah the, the Ridgeline. yeah, the Ridgeline has been doing, it, it just doesn't lose sales. In addition, it's been gaining very slowly, but it's been rock solid, whereas in some sales are up and down and up and down. Honda has been rock solid with the Ridgeline. But the Ridgeline, I don't really consider it a complete competitor in this realm. It is to a certain degree, but realistically, many of you guys who are looking for a truck are looking for a truck. The Honda is a crossover uh, pickup that does a great job, don't get me wrong, but many of you guys won't be converted over to the idea of what it is. Okay. But, but you have to have to admit, mm -hmm. the Honda Ridgeline paved the way for like the Rivian, right? Because once again, mm -hmm. while that is a truck, that is more of a lifestyle adventure vehicle. Uh, I think it helps. Yeah, I think yeah. very similar. And I don't want to like this Rivian because, uh, you know, I think they're uh, doing a great job in getting a lot more people into trucks who would normally not consider a truck. Oh, yeah, yeah. And there's more to come too. Once again, another thing we'll cover in just a minute. Now let's move on to number eight though. Okay, what's number eight? Because number eight is a recent topic and something that is very dear to my particular heart, and I think Andre would agree. Yeah, you just did a podcast That's on it. That's correct. So we are talking about, uh, well, here's the question really is, um, where is our range-extending diesel power plant? The 2025 Ram Charger will have a Pentastar V6 as a range extender, but wouldn't a small diesel be better? So for those of you who don't know, the Ram Charger is... An all-electric vehicle that has, it's, it's a truck, but it has a V6 that's just a power generator. All its purpose is, is to put power into the batteries to make this thing get up to 690 miles range. That's according to Stellantis. Now, it'll be able to tow a lot, and you'll be able to plug it in and charge it up overnight. I don't think it'll fast charge, per se, but, it, you know, the battery is like 92 kilowatt hour battery, so you know, it's not that big of a deal. Plus, the vehicle charges it for you really eliminates range anxiety, which is huge. And I think that there will be a lot of people, if it's somewhat reasonably priced, who will be considering this truck. However, what is the most efficient, low RPM internal combustion engine out there? The answer? 
Diesel. Diesels, of course. Of course. Diesels are known to just lump along at low RPM all day long. You add a little bit of oil, keep them going, and they can be remarkably stout. But most importantly, they're very efficient for what they do. For the amount of goo you put into them, they produce an awful lot of range and really good torque and all these other things. But they make ideal generators. That's why a lot of generators so, so, out there are diesels. So this is one of those kind of heart versus head problems, right? Mm. And let me explain that, right? So my heart says a range extending diesel would be perfect, mm -hmm. right? It has the most uh, torque. Uh, it, they run nonstop forever. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you wouldn't have to have a very big one to charge a battery very, no. qu very quickly. No, it's the same amount of torque from a four-cylinder. And, four and they're cool. Well, p potentially cool, yeah. yeah. I think in the truck world especially. Mm -hmm. So that's what my heart says. My head says they're heavy, mm -hmm. just like the battery in the car. Yeah. So now you're making even a, a heavier truck even heavier. Right. Uh, they're expensive. Yes. Uh, and maybe worst of all, and this is, you know, silly because it shouldn't be, but it is, you know, the idea of a diesel in a green vehicle is kind of, you know, wrong to a lot of people. It's vilified. You were so close. I, I, was, I was hoping you'd say vilified. Thank you, Volkswagen, for that, by the way. Um, in the United States right now, diesels, other than pickup trucks, they can still get away with it, but diesels, for the most part, are gone. And despite the fact that they can be cleaner than most regular gas engines, you're running ultra-low sulfur diesel through a very clean diesel engine, potentially they can produce very you, you, you few could mar You could market it as a, first of all, uh, you could market it as a green vehicle if you stick a diesel in it, and that's because of Dieselgate, right, obviously. There's there's so many internal issues. Here, here's what, here's a couple things to think about. First of all... But I love the idea. I would love... I would buy one in a heartbeat. That would be... I mean, yeah. I, I could... And, well, here's the crazy part, Roman. I wrote about this this past weekend. I do a post every weekend on TFL Car. It's called Ask Nathan. And I specifically wrote about this because someone asked me about this in a separate email. And here's the bottom line. First of all, they already have a Pentastar V6. It costs pennies for them to produce. Yes. It's a very so, expensive. It's, it's a great engine. It's a good engine. It yeah. does its job. They know what to predict da out of it. They know the weights of it. Dare I say it may be as iconic as the four-liter straight six. I know you maintain that. Uh, time will tell. Time will tell. I, I'm on the fence on that one. But it's still, it's, it's, it's a powertrain that's a proven quantity for Stellantis and, of course, you know, Ram. So... It's not going to be going through a lot of stress because it doesn't have to move the vehicle per se. It does rev up a little bit in order to produce more power to the battery. When you use more power, that's how the system works. So it's funny because it'll actually match you as you're accelerating if you're not in regular battery electric mode. But it doesn't have to lug around a heavy transmission to move this vehicle as such, less stress on the engine, meaning... It should last longer. Theoretically speaking, it should well, be something that doesn't get as stressed as such, perhaps can last longer. Well, use the transmission, right? Yeah. Keep, keep in mind, um, there is no direct connection. That's my point. Between the whatever generator, whatever it's powered by, and the battery, which powers the motors, which spin exactly. the wheel. So there's no, there's no need for transmission. Exactly. So my point is, is that there's no extra stress going onto the engine in order to turn gears or a gear or many gears in order to make some large vehicle move. No, it's just powering a generator, less stress to the engine. Now, with a diesel, you could do exactly the same thing. But remember I said how inexpensive the Pentastar is? 
diesel, they'd have to develop one to use for this vehicle. Well, I mean, I mean, Duramax, Cummins, they're all $10,000 options. They're, they're far too big for this vehicle. But I'm, but I'm saying, just from, if you want to go from a gas or heavy duty mm -hmm. to a diesel heavy duty, you're going to pay 10K more. And you're not including the most important part for a lot of you guys Which out is? there. Maintenance. Yes. Maintenance for diesels, even though they don't need it all the time, when they need it, it's usually very pricey. So keep all of that in mind. So, so I've, I've got two questions. Yes. Uh, one I can answer. Mm -hmm. um, and one I have a question for you out there, okay? All right. Or maybe if you're engineers, you can answer. So the first question actually comes from our viewers. So when you guys did this really great podcast and then Andre, it's, all, it's at alltfl.com, followed up with an interview with the engineer, mm -hmm. a lot of the questions were why aren't you using – a smaller engine, like maybe like the two liter that they have, right? Why are they using the V6? Yeah, they do. I, right, I right, have a little two liter turbo. That, yeah, I, I guess very simple. That's, that, 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 so what's the answer? You don't want a turbocharged engine in there. Why would you need it? I, I don't know. You know, why would you need a, a, anything to bring in air to add to something that's just going to lump along at a lower RPM that doesn't require yeah. a lot of stress? I mean, with elevation, it would it would help. But it, doesn't, it won't make a difference but, but in the, the power. But the point was it would it would probably use less gas. Anyway, I, I have an experience, so I'm going to tell a quick story okay. that I think you might appreciate. So this is not the first serial hybrid. No, no, not at all. I mean, the Volt initially started out, the V, not the B, the Volt, initially started out as a serial hybrid. Mm -hmm. And if I remember right, GM did some testing. And the problem with serial hybrids is that they're not very fuel efficient. So what they found was... If they ran uh, the engine only as a generator for the batteries in the Volt, that at highway speeds, it would get horrendous fuel economy. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 so instead of being a serial hybrid, they invented this kind of really fancy transmission where in some cases, usually highway speeds, uh, the engine in the Volt would not necessarily power the battery, but it would also power the wheels. In very rare circumstances. So mm -hmm. that's, that's how they got around that. So a planetary gear set or something like yeah, that? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Very good. Yeah. Um, and then the story I want to tell is, as you know, we bought the BMW i3. Yeah. Which is a pure serial hybrid. Yes, it is. Uh, not hybrid, serial. Um, serial. It, serial powertrain. So it's like a locomotive, right? The, 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 the gas engine never powers the wheels in any way. It's a range-extending electric vehicle. Yeah. Uh, and so... For some reason, and this is still a mystery and I need to ask BMW, instead of putting a BMW motorcycle engine into the i3, they put a Kimco, I think it's a 660cc. Mm -hmm. Why they didn't use one of theirs when, you know, like, like BMW Motorrad is, I said that the German way, Joe. Yeah, Motorrad. yeah, what about here? Motorrad. That's it's, good. It's like down the street from BMW in Munich. But instead, they went to Korea for the Kimco engine. How much is a Kimco engine compared to? Uh, I don't know. One is I don't know. BMW also puts in you know other engines and like Rotex is in the BMW power plant. Yeah, and they put that into there. You know, that's, I I look. I don't that answer. But, I don't know. So but I'm let, sure so the let, Germans have a very German answer. So let me tell you a story. So okay. we bought this i3, and it had about 50 miles of electric range, mm -hmm. and then it had this uh, extender that was this little Kimco. A motorcycle engine, Korean motorcycle engine. And Kimco's are great. I love them. There's nothing wrong with Kimco. I'm not yeah. dissing them. I'm just wondering why they didn't use a BMW power plant. Anyway, so I'm driving it up to the mountains with Tommy. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, hey, let's see if this thing works as a mountain car. And we drive from Boulder. And where do you think 50 miles is when you're going up I-70? Take a guess. Because that's where it ran out of, out of battery Georgetown? power. Exactly. Yeah. So now, no more battery power. Just the generator. <laughs> Guess how fast we were going. I'll, I'll have you two guesses. Guess how fast we were going up that stretch uh, from 
Georgetown to Loveland Pass. Which is a really tough, very steep path. Very I'm steep say path. 35? 25. Jeez Louise. Yeah, that is. That makes you a hazard on the road that because is, you're going slower than that trucks. Is, that, you're, you're, yeah, exactly. Trucks are like barreling past you, uh, and you're this little tiny you know, car, and you're terrified. And then <laughs> it got even worse. When we went up over Loveland Pass, which is also steep, we were down to foot to the floor, 16 miles an hour. That was as fast as we could go. Yeah. Uh, so so, so I, I think if you go too small to answer my question, mm-hmm. the, 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 or to answer that, this question, it just doesn't provide enough power. So right. maybe you need a Pentastar to charge enough or quickly enough so that you have enough power to actually, like, let's say, tow. Well, there's a certain size generator, and that generator has to be powered by something that it can actually power it efficiently. So uh, we know that the Pentastar V6 that they're using is very similar to the ones that they've already used in the RAM to, just to make a whole RAM move, right? Uh, so it's got good power. We know they're eh, fairly efficient. So sitting as a generator, it makes a lot of sense. And once again, it's the price proposition, I bet. I'm, I know they're saving a lot of money by using something that they basically cost them very, very little to produce. So, so here's my question. Maybe the engineer can answer this. Uh, in this sort of application, let's say, I'm just, this is just for the sake of argument, mm-hmm. you put that old baby Duramax that is no longer available as the generator into the RAM. Okay. Or something like that, you know, a small diesel engine. Over 100,000 miles, which is going to create less carbon you know, which is going to create less pollution, in other words, mm. and less NOx. Um, is it going to be the Pentastar or the diesel? Because the diesel is much more efficient, right? And it loves running at low revs. Um, I don't know. I, I guess a lot of questions. Def, is that part of it? And how much does the added weight of the diesel? Yeah, you know? because yeah. diesels are heavy. Even yeah. four-cylinder diesels are very heavy compared to... So, so yeah. which one actually, if you really... That's would, a great question. If you were really trying to be green, you know, which of these two powertrains is going to create less pollution in the long term. I think piping might actually be part of that as well. But if any of you guys have any ideas on that, we want to hear your comments below. We really got to get uh, yeah, moving what's on next, this, dude? though. So number, um, number seven on this is actually something that we brought up before, and we kind of had a partial answer, but it didn't work. And that is, um, very simply put, there is um, well, GM's can... Raptor competitor never showed up. Yeah, yeah. So it just, it's, it's not here. No, so, you know, I mean, we know uh, that the Raptor uh, is a huge success for Ford. Mm-hmm. At one point, like, you know, they don't, they don't break out um, Raptors versus F-150s, right, versus Tremors versus any of the other, mm-hmm. when they talk about how many they built. But we do know that about one out of ten going down the assembly line in the Rouge plant uh, is a Raptor. Of some sort, yeah. Of some sort. Um, so one out of ten, that's a lot of Raptors they're selling, and it's still probably the most desirable, the most wanted truck of all. Yeah, there's a guesstimation that within the next two couple years, they'll, I think next two years, there'll be up to a million Raptors already on the floor. A million of these trucks that are far more expensive than their regular brethren will be on the road. Now, consider what that really means. That means that you guys have a thirst for it. Plus, right? it's a great truck, yeah. It's a freaking awesome truck. All of them are great. So, so, so Ford comes with the Raptor. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Ram one up them. Yeah, TRX, which was fabulous. It's gone now, but it's fabulous. Yeah. Well, it's going to be gone. It's going to be gone. But I'm saying, and there's Ram saying, okay, Ford, because let's face it, the, 
truck world is all about one-upsmanship. Yeah. You can, you can tow 10,000 while ours can tow oh, 10,500. It's, it's been a pissing contest. It, we all know that. It, yeah, who's, you know what, as long yeah, as Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so there, there is Ram, you know, you know, coming out with, like, you know, a heavyweight versus a middleweight. Ford answers back. Ford answers back. Which but, is great wait. for us. And then, and then you know, we, we get on a phone call with GM and we're like, hey, dude, where are you? Why aren't you in this, in this contest? And they, and they say to us. This, this, and this is, is a quote. This is a quote. We're going to create, uh, what was it? It was something like one of the. We're going to make the Raptor extinct. Extinct. That's what they That's said. That's basically yeah. what That's they what were they saying. That's what they said. They're going to make the Raptor extinct. And we're like, holy cow. Yeah. This is great. So we're thinking, I don't know, Corvette engine exactly. inside a truck that's super wide that can do everything that the Raptor can do, but better. Or like a like maybe a Z06 engine. Yeah. That, well, exactly. Yeah. Nope. Nope. It was the Hummer. The EV. Hummer, the Hummer EV is what they were sort of referring to. We think, and in in essence, if you think about it on paper, yeah, the Hummer is pretty incredible. Thousand horsepower. Yeah, yeah, and it, you know the, all the flexible things it can do, and blah 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 blah. We've proven that it it, it, it leaves a little bit to be desired. I want to. I don't want to go on a, a Hummer bashing the, moment because it's too easy. But the problem, quite honestly, is with truck guys and gals. The Hummer's never even part of that conversation. The Hummer exactly. EV, sorry. It's it doesn't never, answer the question. It, it does, it's not part of that conversation. No. If you love the eight-cylinder, the or supercharged six. cylinder, you're just not going to be satisfied with a battery-powered vehicle. That it's weighs like, over 9,000 pounds. Absolutely not. Or that costs over $100,000 easily. So here's the thing. So instead, they came out with what you've got up yeah, there. Yeah, so ZR2. we have the Chevy Silverado ZR2, a wonderful truck. Don't get me wrong. I would own one of these. This is one of the Chevys that I did dream about. And we owned it. Yeah, we did own it. Actually, the one that's pictured here, for those of you who are listening, is the <laughs> hearing aid beige. I love the fact that Tommy came up with okay, that. I, once you hear it, you can You can't, can't unhear yeah, it. Yeah, that color's uh, gone. Yeah, um, but I, I still like the color. Um, anyway, it's it's a sand color that uh, we, we bought this. We owned it for a little while. Oh, Wonderful dude, it's truck. It's really hearing aid. It is. It's really. It really is very much a hearing yeah, aid color. It is, yeah, um, and it, but I mean, great powertrain, incredible suspension, tough truck, lockable front and rear, just so much stuff about it. But it's not a competitor against the Hummer. It's not a competitor against the ZRX. I'm sorry. And frankly speaking, this is what I think a lot of people were let down about. And Chevrolet, General Motors in general, sorry, they never had an answer. They never turned around and said, yeah, you know what, maybe we'll make a little bit more of a beefy one. It's kind of too late, I think, but maybe maybe they'll do something, but I sincerely doubt it. So if this is bluster. They introduced an electric truck instead. It never really did the trick, honestly. Yeah, so, so like you're at the, if you're British, the pub, enjoying, you know, like American, We Americans know what the pub means, too. We, we go to pub, too. And, you, and, you, and you're, yeah, exactly. Come and on. you're And you're talking about your favorite trucks, which I guess is a bad analogy because they would never do that in the UK. But let's say, let's say there's a bar and you're talking about your favorite truck. Mini is far superior than Peugeot. And, and, you know, you're the Ford guy and you're like, yeah, did you see that Raptor R? They took the... GT500 engine and they put it inside the truck. Right. Yeah. 700 horsepower. Yeah. And the Ram TRX guy is 700. We've got 707. Yeah. Right. And, and I tell you, they're just under, it's more than that. And I the GM guy's like, yeah, I got a 6.2 liter V8 with 450 horsepower. It's naturally aspirated. It doesn't yeah. have a supercharger. And I love that. Um, don't get me wrong, that 6.2 V8. It's a wonderful engine. But it doesn't, it just does not enter into the conversation unless you're talking about like the tremor 
Mm, right? Yeah. Or the Rebel. Yes. Or maybe the Which TRD. is exactly what this does compete with. Or maybe really. the TRD Pro that's right, out there. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Uh, TRD Pro. They're all in that same ether. Price wise, this still is a little bit steeper on that, probably because of those but, lockers. But, but, but that you it whip has. out that Hummer EV card and everybody's just going to look at you like. Well, you're the guy who comes into the British pub, may I say, okay. okay you want to go, go in the British pub. You're the guy who walks into the British pub. People are throwing darts and they're arm wrestling and spitting on you and everything else the minute you walk in. Like, oh, yeah. And you come in and it's like, well, I'm from America and I was hoping to get a light beer, please. Make sure that it's chilled. Oh, and by the way, I own a Hummer EV. That's the equivalent of that conversation. You're yeah. welcome, by yeah. the way. I insulted so many people in such yeah, a short I, amount of time. Well, he could have gone with Budweiser, but that would have been. I didn't, I don't. But we I, don't do politics. I, no, we don't. And exactly. I actually don't hate Budweiser. It's, it's, it's not the worst. All right, what's number six, dude? Number six on this list. So first of all, guys, I want to get your opinion on this. Should Chevrolet or General Motors have come out with a proper slayer to those other vehicles? I say yay. But you know what else I say? I think it's too late now. I say, yeah, it's too late. But I also say onboard power is the next war. And right now, Toyota, yes, I'm calling you out, Toyota, you're losing the war, my friend. Yeah, so we've got, this, we've got this hybrid out there. It's a hybrid. It's got a battery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a uh, 1.8 something. Kilowatt hour? Yeah, something like 1. that. 1.87 kilowatt hour battery. Yeah, uh, Ford's power uh, boost has a 2.4 kilowatt generator. With about the same size battery. Yeah, so basically what's happening is that that, that twin turbo V6, right, mm-hmm. is charging up the battery while you've got it plugged into your food truck. Yeah, you can power a house, you can power a campsite, or more importantly, a work site using this. And we've proven it. We've actually used this when Andre bought that truck, which he should have never sold, but I'm not going to go gonna, there. I'm going to take a guess. Mm-hmm. And Mike Swears, if you're listening to this, he's uh, used to, he was the chief engineer. Was. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's moved on. He's like the boss of everything. That's what they say. Yeah, he has his own satellite. Really? Yeah. Anyway, uh, he can maybe confirm this, but I just think that the planning for the Tundra uh, happened before... You see the power boost with the onboard power caught on. I think on. you guys didn't, weren't quite there, and you were pr- already planning your own thing. And, and maybe they were this. too far in the planning process because it seems like a natural. It doesn't seem like it would be that expensive to put that. Because Chevy certainly did it in the Chevy EV, exactly. Silverado EV. So. And Ford's doing it in their electric, uh, of course, their um, uh, Lightning. And as we know, Tesla's doing it since we broke the news, or yes. you broke the news. Although it's it's not as uh, complicated as the one in like the Ford that we're showing here, which has you know a, a two twenty and a couple one tens and whatnot, it looks like it has like three, three things you can choose. But it's still happening there now. If Elon says yes, we should do this as well, then maybe everybody else should. Did, did you did you hear that story about what Franz did? Man, they're getting a lot of crap for that. Mm. Did you hear that story? Which oh, the the, the black wrapped. Yeah. So apparently, I mean, and this is old news now, but it's worth mentioning again. So apparently, Franz von Holzen, I believe, uh, who is the chief designer for Tesla, uh, uh, des- decided to take a Cybertruck wrapped in black uh, to. Um, Cars and Coffee, and there was an automotive journalist there who writes for, I believe it's Jalopnik. Uh, and he <laughs> looked the at the last people you want to And he looked at the truck and he said, I've never seen a worse pre production example. What were they thinking? Not what? a single panel was fitting okay. correctly. The, the, the wrap was falling off the of it. The wrap was, was all bubbled and falling off of it. I mean, it was just, and we saw a few pictures, and it's not an exaggeration. And, and none of this will matter to Tesla fans. No, 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 no. Of course not. Tesla Roddy is going to go after him. By the way, I think his name was, uh, last name was Entenmeister, wasn't it? No, no by Franz von. Oh, that's Duckmaster. Never mind. I, I, can, no, no, I, can, if I, I don't want to say it wrong. Now I got to look it up. Okay, while he's looking it up, but, but, uh, I wanted to bring out that, yes, yes. 
Tesla probably shouldn't have brought that out. They're very eager to get their truck out there because they know they're a little bit behind. And I'm sure that when we see the finished product, it will be not as, as um, <clears throat> poorly fitting as the ones that are currently out there. We've seen a whole bunch, and we've done it. You go to alttfl.com, you'll see a ton of stuff that we put out there on Holt, other ones. Holtzhausen, I was close. Holtzhausen. I was close. He's, he came from uh, Mazda, by the way. Oh. Franz came from... Franz he, von Mazda Holzhausen. You should have said that. And he's American. He sounds like he's German, but oh, he's not. Sure. He's American. Uh, I met him. I met him when I got a ride in the uh, in the uh, uh, cyber truck. Sorry, dude. Everybody made fun of your name in high school. We know it, so I yeah, apologize. Yeah. Uh, uh, but but anyway, uh, this is an example of maybe why it's good to have a marketing department. Just saying, Tesla, maybe you might want to have yeah, a PR department. Your PR department would, if I were on that PR department, I'd be like, nobody leaves this place. With any of those beta, you know, ones, no, 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 no. Because people are going to take pictures and it's going to be bad for us and bad for sales. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to dish some more. Uh, okay. I, I got I a dish. All right. So then the next bit of news was, of course, that um, Mr. Musk showed up to the Joe Rogan experience. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Joe uh, was like shooting uh, Well, archery. first of all, Joe, I, I, don't, I don't listen to that podcast, so I don't know. But he was wearing like a, like a yellow woman's wig. And if you're, I guess if you're part of the inside joke, it makes sense. But if you just show up and you see that, and you're like, "Why is this guy wearing a woman's wig?" So he's he's like he's like he's like doing the typical like bro flex. He's like, "Hey, wouldn't it be fun if I could shoot an arrow uh, at the uh, Cybertruck, right?" And then that's not enough, because then uh, Musk is like, "Yeah, it's probably okay." And then Rogan's like, "Well, what if it was a crossbow?" And then they get into in this manly bro way, get into very strict details about the weight of the arrow and the weight of the head on the arrow, right? Whatever the hell that's called. And the velocity. It's, it's the arrowhead. And, and I'm listening to this thing, right? And, and Rogan's like showing off his knowledge of archery and, mm. and, and you know, the, the, the speed of the arrows yeah, yeah. and the velocity of the arrow. And I'm, all I'm hearing to myself is that Monty Python bit. Is the sparrow English? Right? That's all I'm hearing in the background. Oh, yeah, yeah. What is the, the velocity <laughs> yeah, of wearing the coconuts? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they go out and they shoot an arrow at this thing, right? Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the, the, the funny part of all of this was, like, the first comment is, yeah, that's a problem I have when I drive to work. <laughs> Thank God. When I lived in Los Angeles, there were a lot of people, instead of drive-by shootings, they were pulling out compound bows, and they were firing at me all the time. Actually, uh, first of all, I, I am an archer. I didn't know if you knew that. Uh, I Do you know, well, what, they talked about the weight, but it was in a very specific way. Yeah, because there's different types of heads. And also, he wasn't using, there's certain types of heads that are for hunters that are serrated uh, razors. Serrated. That are basically yeah, but, built but to, to, de to go through flesh. The unit of measurement was like this really Yeah, there's weird. a certain ounces and all that for it's, the, Yeah, but it's like, I use, I forget what it was. It yeah, was, yeah, that, that's, that's going way into the weeds, and I don't care about that, neither many of you. But the whole point here is that, it, the weight of an arrow versus the velocity and weight of a bullet, very, very different things I, between traveling 80 feet per, cent, uh, per second versus, I mean, you know, 200 I, like feet I say, per second. Like, I, you know, it's like two, two guys who've had a few too many beers at the frat party showing off how much they know about, you know, velocities of arrows versus bullets versus the size of calibers of bullets for, for a completely silly and pointless thing. See, I, I like shooting things, though, so I would, I would love to have been a fly on the wall and seen them shoot a truck that's worth stupid money. Um, and I, I don't mind doing that, but the, but the other side of it is I think it was all planned. Um, oh, sure, I, I think that was all uh, The whole thing yeah, of course. was completely yeah. rigged. So fine with that. I don't care about that. What I care about is that these trucks are showing up 
in the public eye, and they are not prepared for it. And I feel bad because... But this is what he uses for... Sorry to run up again. This is what Musk uses for marketing. Of course it is, but it's not the marketing that he necessarily needs because... He's, he's got Franz showing this, you know, badly built truck. Yes, and then he goes to Joe Rogan and whatever, and Joe has a massive audience. And, and you know, but I guarantee you that 90% of his audience don't buy Teslas. Um, uh, so whatever, it's... The whole point here is that uh, there's, there's a lot of negative press out there, too, because at the same time, what you were talking about, uh, there was also another Tesla Cybertruck scene going off-road, light off-road area, and it didn't do well. And that is now making its rounds on the web tubes as well. Well, so that's another story. We, we kind of covered it. Uh, and here's, here, this, here's what's happened. And we, we, I wasn't here. I was in Japan. So let me set the record straight. So there was a guy who was uh, at one of the OHV off-road parks in California, right? Mm -hmm. uh, he caught the cyber truck uh, going um, you know, on the off-road course. And when you watch the video, I think this video was originally published on the drive. Maybe it was picked up by Jalopnik or it vice was. versa. Uh, they ran the video. And when you watch the video, you see the cyber truck and you hear this horrible clanking. Right, horrible clanking sounds. It just sounds like like it's bottoming out on a suspension. Every bump it goes over. Mm -hmm. That's what it sounds like. So we also ran that video, um, and uh, you know when I saw that um, first comment on there was, "Hey, I shot this video. It wasn't shot by somebody else. It was put on Instagram, uh, and you guys got the story wrong." So I saw that, and we immediately took it down. So then Andre contacted the owner of the of the video mm -hmm. and got uh, the, the, the true story. And what, what was happening was, and this is very typical, and I have, to be, I have to say I'm proud of the TFL team because we were the only ones who actually you know, went beyond just you know, the, the usual stuff where you kind of assume what's going on is the truth of what the video is. What the guy said was that sound, that was somebody closing a tailgate and opening a tailgate on a truck you couldn't see. Mm -hmm. So it made the video look like the Cybertruck was clanking yes. when in fact it wasn't. But what the video shows as well is the Cybertruck was struggling, this is what I was referring to, yes. to get up a very easy hill. That wasn't taken out of context. No, that wasn't. I mean, that was shown as something that is an issue, and that was what many of you guys were also referring to. Uh, we need to get on with this because we're... Right, we're go for it. What's next? Okay, so the next one. So once again, power in the bed. This is a failure for a Toyota, and I think that anybody else who isn't doing this pretty right. much right now... Missed opportunity. It's a total missed opportunity. You should be doing this as soon as humanly possible. Okay, so the next one on here, speaking of Toyota, is Toyota's baby pickup truck is a no-show. There's nothing out there to compete with the Ford Maverick or the Hyundai Santa Cruz. Now, you guys did go to the Tokyo Motor Show where you contracted whatever lung disease you got from wherever. Um, and that is where he covered this vehicle that you're seeing behind me, for those of you who are listening. This is the all-electric concept called the EPU. Terrible name, but it stands for Electric Pickup from Toyota. Yeah, yeah. So um, they show that unexpectedly. If you look at it, the first thing you'll note uh, is that it doesn't look... Uh, like it was designed in Japan. It looks very American. So I, I was, was, I was yeah. kind of walking around, and I happened to stumble onto the designer who designed it. And I start talking to him because he's obviously not Japanese. And he's English, American, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm like, hey, tell me about this. And he says, I can't. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that's obvious. But I asked him one question. He confirmed it. And he said uh, it, was built, it was designed at Calti, which is uh, basically the design school in California mm -hmm. uh, that a lot of manufacturers use. So it's a very American truck. You can see that the mirrors are not those crazy camera mirrors. 
And so I think that thing is relatively close to production ready. Now, the one thing we didn't know, because in Japan, you're not allowed to actually, at least when we were there, open the doors without getting permission, is that that also has, uh, you know, the back that comes down. Yes, yes, the mid-gate actually it does. It does have a mid-gate. Uh, it is all electric. Uh, and I think it's, uh, you know, maybe we're guessing at this, but maybe it's the Stout, right, which is the small Toyota pickup truck. Which they did recently get the name back, so they actually uh, have a... a so so EPU that. stands for electric pickup, uh, and that could be eventually the Stout, um, you know, competing with vehicles. It kind of is a Maverick competitor, maybe mm -hmm. a Rivian competitor. The wheelbase is it's smaller than a Rivian. The wheelbase is identical to the Maverick, just a hair longer than the Santa Cruz. Tailgate, gate size, bed size, all of those measurements that I was able to find, because I actually did the write-up on this thing, are very close to the uh, in between the Maverick and the Santa Cruz. This thing was built specifically to compete with those two. Same width. Uh, also keep in mind, this is a left-hand drive vehicle. Most of the vehicles at the Toyota... A right-hand drive, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that so it really it does have the feel of something that is like, hey, we're kind of close to a production idea here. So this could be it. It may not be. But here's the point. For years now, for quite a while, Maverick's been on the road. Santa Cruz has been on the road. And they're proving to be popular. The Maverick is so popular that Ford simply is struggling to build enough. You cannot buy a current model uh, Maverick. You just can't. They can't build them. So... It's, and that's a good problem to have, you know, having to build more and more because there's so much demand. So Toyota, who is the number one purveyor of small Japanese trucks, as far as Americans are concerned, they don't have anything to answer for that. And that is where their mistake was. They should have thought of this earlier. I have to interrupt because uh, your battery's about to die. So you keep oh. talking, and I'm going to figure out why. Uh, and if that battery dies, then the, yeah. you, you did then we don't have a screen. You did something good. Somebody commented, why don't we put these vehicles on the screen? And you did it, so I want to make sure they can okay. see it. Um, it's see. plugged in here, so maybe the strip came out. So while Roman's gone, we can make fun of him. Um, I wanted to talk about one more thing about this vehicle, which is incredibly important. Uh, many of you guys are like, it's the new Stout, it's the new this, it's the new that. There's no confirmation uh, about that. It went away, so we're good. Um, we have no confirmation that this vehicle is going to be built. However, the rumor mill from Toyota is thick with lots of conspiracies, and that's including, of course, an upcoming Land Cruiser that has a baby brother. And so the baby brother of the Land Cruiser, I think, will be the next thing we'll hear about. And then progressively, we might hear about a small pickup truck to compete against the Maverick. Okay, let's move on because we are, I think, pretty short on time. Am I right, Roman? Yeah, just check my watch. We're doing well, but we've got probably, what are we, at number four now? Uh, number yeah. four, yeah. Yeah, all right, keep going. Okay, number four. So this one, now for you truck guys, we're back really to the truck world. Um, would you agree that the current Ram HD heavy-duty Ram is a little long in the tooth compared to what they've been doing at General Motors and what they've been doing at Ford with all the updates they've been doing. Have you been seeing a whole lot of updates with yeah, the Ram Heavy yeah. Duties? Yeah, I want to say that basic design goes back, what, 10 years now? Give or take. I yeah. mean, almost. I mean, there's there's been some updates here and there. The transmission, I know you guys are going to say it. Yes, we know about the transmission. That's been a big update. There's been a few other things here and there, but realistically, compared to Ford especially, there have been very few updates. So this is something that I think that uh, bears notice. Now, Important to note, Andre has received a lot of intel that they are working on and testing a next-generation Ram Heavy Duty. Do we know anything about it? Not a damn thing. Uh, will we know anything about it? Maybe next year. Who knows? Um, but for the moment, as far as we know, there is really not a whole lot that's new. 
Yeah, and I think uh, for all of you fans of uh, gasoline and internal combustion and diesel, this is the one realm where I don't see electrification coming anytime soon. I think we're going to stay with internal combustion, be it diesel or gas, for the next generation of heavy-duty trucks. Uh, so, you know, I would not say get it while it lasts before it's gone. I think they'll be around for a while. Yeah, I think too. so I too. Agree yeah. With you. Yeah. yeah, I mean, could you imagine a revolution version of a revolution? No, the uh, uh, Ram Charger version of a heavy-duty truck. It would probably weigh something like ten thousand pounds with a giant battery and you know all that other stuff. Although I'm willing to bet if they did build something like that, it would tow like a freight train. But at this point, uh, absolutely no news on that. No rumors it's about a, it's that. A, it's a possible missed opportunity unless they, you know, get their uh, get their you know what, in gear. The, their missed opportunity really was the fact that they just haven't updated the truck very much. And frankly, I think a lot of you have wanted that. Now, speaking of trucks uh, that are missed opportunities, for those of you who are listening, the picture behind me is of a current model Volkswagen Amarok. It's a huge missed opportunity. Man, Volkswagen, you blew it. You should have brought this here pretty much as is. There was a, I know the diesel would have been a difficult thing, especially for Volkswagen, to pass in the United States. But there were uh, internal, regular internal combustion turbocharged engines, I believe a V6 at one point, of the older model that could have and I think should have been here. I think you guys would have absolutely blown your sales targets out of the water because many Americans were looking for a small truck like this, especially if it was affordable, which overseas it's relatively affordable. Now, you know that, and I'm sure people are also saying this, you know the next generation, they're building the Ranger and the Amarok on the same chassis. Yeah, but so they're it's, working with Ford. But we're talking about back in 2010. Yeah. When when I had a, a dinner with the like four CEOs of uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna beat my chest here a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Of Volkswagen of North America. And he I said, had their ear. And I said, why don't you bring the Amarok over? And of course, the typical excuse is chicken tax, right? It's too expensive. You could have totally built it here. Yeah, exactly. There you should know. have been a line here. You have Chattanooga. I think it's Chattanooga, right? Isn't that where uh, yeah. where they build a bunch yeah. of Volkswagens? Exactly. They had, they, they had extra capacity, yeah. uh, and they would have... Uh, here's my prediction, and I think I'm not far off from this, Nathan. If they had brought in the Amarok, within a year, it would have been their best-selling vehicle. Within I, a year. I, uh, I rarely agree with you, my friend, but I completely agree with you, only because I know the vehicle relatively well. I know it's already on stout bones, but it's also more civilized. It's really the mix between a Toyota Tacoma and what we were talking about earlier, the Honda Ridgeline. It is like right in between those two. And frankly speaking, if they could keep the price down just a little bit on entry level versions of it, maybe put the two liter turbo in there, this thing would have been a hot seller and I think uh, Volkswagen would have made stupid money on it. Um, but, you know, we can always look back and talk about what they could have done. Unfortunately, this is one so, of those things that maybe some of you guys will agree and some of you won't agree so, on. So I have a bonus, which you actually drove. Mm -hmm. uh, the next vehicle, and I think part of the issue here is that Volkswagen makes a lot of their decisions uh, in Wolfsburg, which is obviously very far from our shores. Right. But the next big missed opportunity for Volkswagen would have been if they had brought in the California van. Oh, yeah, yeah. God, that California van was great. It was epic. Uh, now, I know even back then they were already planning to bring the ID Buzz to the United States. Uh, they're all electric van, and I'm hearing that there's going to be a camping version of it, which they might call the California. But still, had they brought that van here, they didn't have a minivan for the market for years. And when they were doing the Rotan or Rutan, uh, it was terrible. It was a Chrysler, and it was just nobody was fooled. All right, let's move on, though, because this 
is a huge mistake. And actually, Roman was the one who thought of this one. Yeah, kind of classic cart before the horse. Boy, was it. So uh, let's go to back. We're, we're back on the Titan. I know we're bashing on the Titan, but you guys will understand in a second. Second generation of the Titan comes out. We're kind of excited because we're hearing about all these different things that they're going to be doing. It's great. But instead of bringing out the volume seller, the half-ton version first, no, 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 no. The higher-ups at Nissan said, no, you know what? Let's bring out this weird mid-mid-level version of the truck that's kind of heavy-duty, but not really. We're bringing out the um, HD, um, or XD, sorry, XD Titan. Here you go, guys. With a, you know, with this weird Cummins that's not small or it's a five liter, but yeah. it's it, it doesn't compete with the heavy duties and it doesn't compete with the light duties and, either. Yeah, and, and, so, and so like here's yeah here's the problem, right? It, you're exactly right. I think it towed a maximum of fourteen thousand pounds. Mm -hmm. if I remember right? Yeah, I think it was it wasn't it's was okay. But but you know so now you've got the new Nissan that you know is supposedly a heavy duty XD truck, sort of kind of that in no way or shape competes with, you know, the Power Stroke. Nope. The Ram with the Cummins, nope. the Silverado with the Duramax, nope. right? Which Not tow, at all. Which tow, at that time, what, 20 plus thousand pounds? It, 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 it was, everything about it was, and, and there's a long story going neither back fish to. Nor, neither fish nor fowl. Right, Ram actually, uh, some of the guys at Ram actually started the development with Cummins on this uh, V8 five liter diesel. Long story, check it out. It's definitely worth looking into. But the whole point here is that this truck which really should have been just another Nissan Titan and the heavy-duty package, you could call it. That way, you're not really competing against these heavy-duty trucks, perhaps. But no, 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 no. They introduced it on its own with all its own trims. They put a lot of money into this thing. And all of us are kind of left wanting, right? And especially because, and I remember being at this event with Andre, saying, well, where, where's, where's the half-ton? That's the one that everybody's going to be buying. Where is it? It took them over a year to get that into our hands, to get it into anybody's hands. And, and the problem is, by the time the half-ton comes out, it looks just like the Titan XD. The, Almost you, identical. The, you know, the, that first impression had been made. The, yep. the missile is on its way in terms of public perception. And you can't change that messaging. No, especially with a truck that looks identical you, to the other one. You can't, you know, put that missile back in the silo and say, hey, here's a real Nissan a Titan. We're and, joking about this one. And by that point, it was too late. Yeah. And just Nissan, just really, the whole XD idea, I think, was definitely ill-planned. Uh, the, the engine itself, the frame, all the extra expense to build this truck that really was kind of a mid-level performer and it wasn't at the same time. No, 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 no. And, and the, word the money should have gone into the half-ton truck and it should have come out first. And the word on the street is is that Ram had the option on that Cummins because already working with them. And, and I believe that they were kind of like, nah, we're not really into it. And Fred Diaz yeah. from Ram, who went to Nissan, took that with mm -hmm. him yep. and convinced Nissan to build it. To build it and to completely rewrite their playbook. And it failed. And I do still blame the XD as one of the reasons why well, the Titan failed. Well, it wasn't very torquey and it wasn't very fuel efficient. No. So what's the point? It was okay. It was, it was fine. For a half-ton truck, if you if you say, okay, it's a half-ton. Just imagine it's a half-ton. Wow, pretty good numbers. Ooh, can do a lot. Can tow really well. But it's not a half-ton. And the heavy, here's the other problem. The pricing for the XDs is mighty close to the heavy-duty trucks. So at the end of the day, you're like, well, you know, do I want to tow X or do I want to tow X with Y? So that was one of the many issues. So but the bottom line, it should not have been introduced first, much less at all. And it, the half-ton truck was completely snubbed out 
by the luminescence of this vehicle, which frankly was a failure. And unless you lived in Nashville, you probably didn't buy it. Seriously, yeah. it was because well, we go to Nashville and they're everywhere. Yeah, they are everywhere, and uh, I'm sure there's some great rebates. And once again, I'm not trying to say it's a bad truck. It's not a bad truck. It's just it was poor timing, and the product placement was dreadful. I don't know what they were thinking at the time. And for all of you out there, just to be clear, Nashville is the home of Nissan. Yeah, that's where uh, headquarters. Spartanburg so. and uh, there's well, another head, one. headquarters are in Nashville. Yeah, yeah, but Franklin, I'll, Franklin, if yeah. I'm, okay, Franklin. Sorry. You know, my right. wife's going to Nashville actually in. 12 hours. Oh, sweet. What's she doing? She is, she is with a bunch of educators. They're all going to hang out there. If you're near a honky-tonk and you see someone with the last name that's like mine, please don't hit on her. I, I'm, I'm paranoid enough as it is. Um, I, I thought she was going to a bachelor party because that is the home of bachelor. Well, this is pretty much like that because there's a bunch of educators getting together. All right. Yeah, all right. it's a bachelor party. Now we've taken okay, very, very, very sharp left turn. How about number one, Nathan? Okay, so number one. Now, now bear in mind, once again, we're not saying this just to rag on people. It's although relatively easy, but I'm going to say this. Okay. All right. We were talking about Ford, remember? And if you recall, we were also saying, you know, this, this Ranger that came in had a really good powertrain, despite some of the things that were rehashed. That's what we're talking about here. Because many years ago, 2018, Ford's like, no more V6. We're not doing that in this little truck. We're going to put in one engine, and it's a turbocharged four-cylinder, and it's going to be stellar. And they were right. And then guess what happened? Almost everybody followed suit. Almost everybody. So these turbos, and here's the thing, everybody's jumping on the four-cylinder bandwagon, the turbo four-cylinder bandwagon. They were first. got to give them credit. Got to give them credit. They and were e first. Even in their uh, full-size truck, you know, they mm -hmm. went to a, a V6 twin turbo. Well, they did say way back, right around the time you and I started working together, that they were going to, everything's EcoBoost. They're getting rid of all their V8s and all their regular fours. They came and, close. And now look at Toyota. Tacoma. Exactly. Turbocharged four-cylinder. Exactly. Tundra, the V6. Look at General Motors. All of their mid-sized trucks, they have several different four-cylinder turbocharged engines. Really, the only two company, three companies that haven't moved that direction yet, Nissan, because they only have one engine, one transmission. That's their actually very good 3.8-liter V6. I, I really do think it's an excellent uh, engine. Uh, Honda, that has their uh, dream something uh, V6. Earth Dreams. Earth Dreams, thank you. Uh, decent engine as well. And then, of course, you've got Jeep. And Jeep should be part of this equation. They technically do have a mid-sized truck. And that also has a V6 as standard, and that's the old Pentastar. Well, here's what happened, Nathan. Uh, you know, once upon a time, four cylinders were these little, like, uh, uh, pathetic... Yeah, uh, 80 and 90 horsepower uh, th ...that you put in, you know, the, the gas-saving uh, economy car, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but technology moved on, and four cylinders became, dare I say it, very powerful, mm. and I mean very powerful, 300 horsepower. Powerful. Over 300 horsepower. Yeah, over 300 horsepower, and relatively fuel efficient, relatively fuel efficient. Mm -hmm. uh, and the issue was that the public perception was still of like Econobox versus, you know, powerful four-cylinder turbocharged engines. And, and I think uh, it takes time for public perception to catch up to reality, and so I think the truck manufacturers were afraid uh, and Ford was not afraid. They were like, we're going to stick a four-cylinder in here, and you're going to like it. And people did. And then GM followed, and now Toyota followed. Yeah. Um, I, well, one of the things to keep in mind is that there's a, a perception of uh, turbocharged engines as being unreliable or perhaps needing more maintenance than your mm. regular 
you know, naturally aspirated or normally aspirated four-cylinder engine. And you may or may not be right. A lot of things have changed over the years. Supposedly, these are far more reliable engines. The turbochargers are, uh, require far less service and uh, are more robust. This is what I'm hearing. Time will tell. Now, so far, we've been hearing relatively good things with some bad things about the four-cylinder that's being used in the Ford um, Ranger, um, most of which has to do with uh, injectors, I believe. I, don't, I haven't heard that many turbo stories. Let me know in the comments below if you've heard some. But the mo for the most part, this is the trade-off. They find better mileage comes from less displacement, and even adding a turbocharger is still better than having to put a V6 in there. In addition, Toyota is starting to use hybrid powertrains with their four-cylinder turbos. And if it is as good as it's rumored to be... We're going to find out soon. Yeah, we? we're going to find out very soon. Yeah. This could be a major game changer, and we may see this throughout the entire industry. But having said that, Nathan, and we can talk about this, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you recently did a video where you compared the fuel economy of three generations <laughs> of Tundras. Uh, and I don't like to bring things up and then like tease another video, but I think this time I am going to do that. So I, I, because I, I think this is such a such a shocking turn of events mm. that I'm going to make you guys go and watch that video. So by the time that we publish this in the next couple of days, we're going to publish uh, the video where you compare the fuel economy of what were the years of the trucks? You remember? No, there's three, uh, three to, the first generation, generation, technically the second generation, and the most modern version of the Toyota Tundra. And we drag race them, we do a couple other things with them, but also we do an MPG loopish type thing with them as well. So, so you've got two V8s mm -hmm. and one uh, V6 uh, hybrid. hybrid. Yeah, yeah, twin turbocharged V6 hybrid, yeah. I should say. Now, some of the things that are out there in terms of the drag race, you're not going to be that surprised. However, just keep watching because there's some stuff out there that I did not expect. Neither did anybody that we were working with. I got to do this with uh, Andre and Brendan. And we were all surprised as well. I highly recommend this video. Aside from the fact that, well, I was in the new Tundra, so I was extremely comfortable. Oh, good for you. Yeah, it was, it was a comfortable day. I, was, I had air conditioning, heated seats. It was great. So I'll, I'm going to do another bonus before we wrap this up. Uh, and this one, I think, could have been a missed opportunity, uh, but GM figured it out and corrected it right away. So, you know, in the recent Colorado that Andre owns, remember when it first came out? Uh, GM tried to get clever and do three different tunes on the truck, right? Mm -hmm. You could yeah. get, like, the bass tune. You can get the – and I forget they were, like, 10, 15 horsepower apart. Mm -hmm. And then there was a high output tune, and it was ridiculous, right? Same engine, but, you know, basically with software, you could change the amount of horsepower. Obviously – I shouldn't say obviously, but – Probably what they should have done, which they've corrected, is they should have just come out with the highest state of tune immediately, mm -hmm. right? Because then that gives you a really good uh, comparison to the other trucks in that category and say, now we've got this four-cylinder with, I think it's 300. What's the highest tune in the Colorado? Like 310, I think? Yeah, I think it's 310 or yeah. even higher. Yeah, yeah, it could be mm -hmm. even higher. Uh, and crazy torque. Uh, yeah, and they fixed it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, from now on, they're no longer kind of messing with the software. Well, well he's talking about software. There's still different four-cylinder turbos available if you get the base model versus the min model versus the high output top model okay just keep that in mind he's referring to in those realms there are some tunes that are available or were i think they're the same engine dude no they're not no the the, the base model engine actually has very different fun 
Very different plumbing. I've been taken through it. Andre shoved my head into it right. and showed me. Okay. So anyway, uh, but definitely comment below and what you think, of course, not only about the four-cylinder turbos that we're talking about, but all the trucks we talked about and what you would add to the list as a missed opportunity. And if you are looking to go and see the video where uh, they play with three generations of Tundra, Nathan, where should they go? All TFL.com. That is the place to find everything that TFL puts together. Remember, we have huh, eight channels. We have... Uh, four websites, and we have three podcasts. So <laughs> a lot to put into a small place. So by all means, check it out. We'll be waiting for you. See you next time. Bye-bye.